Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. No one deserves a winner more than Nick fans. I know it's been tough, but. My pledge is we are going to work tirelessly and we are going to build this the right way to bring you a winner. What up, Knicks fans, and what is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Craig? And good evening to Blanderson Hooper. Good evening to you as well, Craig, and to you, Barry. <laughs> yes. And happy 22nd birthday to Frank Nilakina, French Prince. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. Later, in honor of Frank's 22nd birthday, you don't want to miss this, but Blanderson Hooper, he's going to be doing the news in a French accent. We're calling him Blanderson Hooper. Is that an honor and an homage to Frank, or is it disrespectful? It is an honor. It's not that good to be disrespected just yet. <laughs> All right? Interesting. Can you give us a little taste or we should just wait till later? Let's just let it, uh, let people, you know, sit through and just wonder what it's going to sound like. Have you been working on it in preparation of this? No, um, I just found out about it right now <laughs> when you said that. But uh, I do, in fact, have a French accent in my repertoire. So, um, okay. you know, I'm well, prepared. That is the first time repertoire has been used on this show. French word, by the way. <laughs> this is what This is what Blanderson brings to the show. For short, Barry, I was thinking we just call him Blandy until we get to the news segment. Okay. I could go with Blandy. <laughs> Blandy, you got to update everyone on your coronavirus test. Yeah. Oh. I still don't know. I still haven't heard back from them. What? My blood test came back normal. I'm waiting on the stool, but um, they have yet to give me my my coronavirus results. Yeah. I called them just yesterday, and they're like, no, sorry, it's just taking a long time. Of course, in the past week, I've been out and about, and I've been going to places and seeing thing, you know, people and, and doing things. So if for some reason it were to come back that it's positive, obviously, huh. you know, I've got a lot of contact tracing that I have to, to do. So Great. Okay. This was a big week. Uh, we've been waiting weeks for this. We've been talking about it nonstop. It started to get a little dicey there uh, for a few days. I was freaking out when it started looking like maybe Tibbs wasn't going to work out because you know, I saw these reports of, I don't know, things not going well with the contract and Dolan. Then you heard reports. Seems like an erroneous report as of now, but Stefan Bondi, the ever-reliable Stefan Bondi, reporting that Jason Kidd was emerging as a frontrunner. And just when it was getting heated up over last weekend with Knicks fans arguing about Jason Kidd, Woes dropped a bomb that the Knicks were finalizing a five-year pact with Thibodeau. I think they're still finalizing it. Have you guys seen any updates on that? No. I, I Like, multiple times a day, I go into my Google browser, and I type in Tom Thibodeau just to see, you know, and I, I go, like, I click on the news thing just to see if the, the deal's been done. And I, do, do you guys think that he's going to last the five years of this contract? It sounds unheard of, five years, Knicks coach all being in the same sentence. But I think this guy's got a shot to do it. I think a five-year deal, it, it, it always does seem like a lot, especially for <laughs> for the Knicks situation. But apparently that's what it takes to get someone to coach here. Seems like a, an era, like an eternity. <laughs> it's a long time to commit to these coaches. I just want to tease everybody for later on, we're going to be speaking to, from the Knicks beat, the Bergen Records, Chris Eisman. We're going to be grilling him on all the Thibodeau news and what that's going to mean for the team. So I just want everyone to be aware, after the nonsense we're about to talk about for the next 20 minutes, you can get some real info from Chris Eisman. All right? So don't go anywhere. A lot of fans were happy, and then others were upset. The Kenny Atkinson hive. You know what? In the, in the beginning, I think I was a, Kenny Atkinson was a favorite of mine, but I don't understand the people who wanted him that badly. 
He is not that accomplished of a coach. He's not a young coach who's on the rise. He's been coaching in the NBA as, a, as an assistant for a long time. Finally got his shot with Brooklyn. Had one winning season, two non-winning seasons. Yeah, it would have been one thing to be excited if the Knicks hired him, but to like die on his grave for the position. Yeah. I would have been watching. excited if they hired him too. Yeah, I would have been excited right. at, the pro- at the possibilities. But I, I don't get the whole, if you want to develop players, Kenny Atkinson is the guy mindset. Right, it worked in Brooklyn with his group that he had. For a year, it worked. Right, but that, that's the whole One thing. I mean, do, have we seen it over and over again? Right, do you want to sign Kenny Atkinson to a five-year deal based off of a one-year of three in Brooklyn, but you're going to wipe out Thibodeau's entire career because he didn't have great success in Minnesota for one season. The thing is, though, it wasn't just fans that were critical of this Thibodeau hire. I mean, there was a lot that came out from, I'm not going to say respected because that's debatable, but from a lot of media outlets, a lot of criticism against the Knicks for hiring Thibodeau, saying that it's a played out hire, that you know, they should have gone another direction. That he's failed before. Why are you bringing him in? Right. The Knicks doing trying the same old tricks, right? Right. Well, David West. Did you see David West's quote today? Yeah, I got it right here. You, you have it too? Um, here we go. Come on, Blandy. Bring it. Bring it, Blandy. Too late. My thing with the Knicks hire is that I saw, while competing against the Timberwolves, anybody that's honest with you, they saw it the same way that the situation had deteriorated. And the optics of that situation, in my opinion, were like, oh yeah, it's over there, like they were done. I don't, is that, is that, was that his whole quote, Jack? No, it goes, it goes on for, for longer than that. But basically, it's just that he didn't think, it, he doesn't think that, that Thibodeau is the right, the right hire. That it, it ended poorly in Minnesota, uh, and that there's a lot of young, talented guys on the Knicks, kind of like there was in Minnesota, and that... You know, oh, we can he, he believes that he said that. Uh, he said I mean, they've positive. got a lot of he said young, young players who I feel are young, talented guys there. Oh, I wasn't a fan you. of bringing in that style <laughs> for them. And who, nice, who is his guy? What a nice quote. Who would he have brought in? He must have given you a name. Never says. Um, is he on the Mark Jackson bandwagon? No, but uh, he doesn't have. I mean, he doesn't specifically mention Mark Jackson, but but he does talk about black coaches in general. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Everybody saying, you know, naming all these black coaches that Knicks didn't hire. Meanwhile, their last hire pre-Tibbs was an African-American coach. And so was Derek Fisher. George Carl had some nice words to say. Tibbs is a great coach, but the Knicks could hire Popovich or Kerr and the results won't change much as long as James Dolan owns the franchise. It's hard to believe any real success can happen. Gives a fuck what George Carl says, right? But Jeff Van Gundy came to came to the defense of his former assistant coach. He said, I don't think players have changed nearly as much as organizations and coaches have changed. You can't demand less of players and then complain that they're willing to do less at times. I think it's a disservice to players. I think good players in any era want to be challenged and pushed to be their best. And they want to play on teams of, of significance. This idea that Thibodeau doesn't know how to pace his team is one of the great slanders that has been perpetuated by the media on a coach. All right, Jay. BG. Yeah, I know you're you done, go. but that's, that's that a was, great... Uh, I don't know if that quote was taken directly from, but he was on uh, Michael Kay show today, specifically talking about Thibodeau. And he was, it was the same thing, just talking about how he couldn't understand where that reputation comes from and how somebody like David West, who never played for Thibodeau, could have that strong feeling about how he's the wrong guy for the job when he's never actually been coached by him. I had a friend of mine from Boston text me that night and he was like, what do you think about Thibodeau? And I was like, I love it. It's who I wanted. And he was like, he was, and he was, he was ripping on it, saying like, "Oh, wait till you see what he does to your star players and how oh, come he on. runs them into the ground, and he's he's gonna ruin everyone's knees." Can I tell you, we have had it so bad with our coaches and this team that I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna pass on a great coach because there's a chance that maybe he runs our team so hard, so hard that we we win a lot of games and make it to the playoffs, and then we have an early exit because someone got injured. I'll take that fucking risk. And I got to believe that Thibodeau is 10 times the coach Hornacek was. He's 10 times the coach Fisdale was. He's a coach's coach. And you can't... A coach is going to do everything that's required. He's going to develop the players. He's going to give you a winning mentality. He's there to teach you. 
if he runs players into the ground because he's overworking them and trying to get them to be their best and something happens to someone or they get tired or they, they run out of steam at the end of the season, so be it. It is far better for their development and for our team than how it has been in the past where our players are underpushed and underdeveloped and aren't pushed nearly enough and aren't getting back on D and aren't playing D and aren't playing hard. They have no discipline. Our team fucking sucks and it has for so many years. Thibodeau is going to change that. And if it's at the risk of someone going down or being overrun in this season, I don't care. Well, and, and just, also the fact that I'm sorry, Blandy, we'll get to you in a second. Okay. Yeah, Blandy. Let me get Take this a thought seat, out. Blandy. The <laughs> fact that that was one of the factors that kind of drove him out of Minnesota. You're telling me he hasn't reflected and is taking analytics into consideration, you know, with, with minutes restrictions and all that. It's all going to come into play. I mean, that was a big that's one of the biggest knocks against him. You think he's not self-reflective in that? And if he believes that that's not the right way to do things, he won't. But he's the coach. you got to let him coach the way he will. But I think he's going to do what he thinks is best, and that's good enough for me. I got a, a quote here just on, just on that specific thing from Reggie Miller. Did you see what Reg, uh, Reggie Miller had to say? I did read that. Reggie Miller said, people talk about practice is going to be so demanding he's going to ride you at shoot-around. This is your job. This is your job. He's asking what he's asking to play hard. That's your job. To me, it was a great hire. Did you read Popovich's quote? No, I didn't see that. I know it was positive. I know that. Which is, I think, a big step because Popovich is, does not like Dolan. He does rip on the Knicks. And you would think he'd say something in the George Carl line of thinking. But he said, Tommy's a seasoned veteran who, go, who goes without saying understands what wins and what loses. He knows how to put a program together, create a culture, and be demanding. At the same time, make people accountable. It's easy to demand things, but making people accountable and wanting to play the right way is not something that's easy for everybody to do, but Tom knows it inside and out. Well, Pop's cut from that old cloth, you know, obviously. Um, so, yeah, so he sees it in Thibodeau. He's not, you know, all for this uh, I'm your best friend bullshit that we're seeing a lot with these new up-and-coming coaches. Listen, if Thibodeau, if this doesn't work out with Thibodeau, it's on the roster. It's on the GM. It's on the front office. Thibodeau is a good coach. You can't, you're not going to be able to blame him. Not going to be like you're not going to be able to put all the blame on him like you can with Fizdale or Hornacek or anyone else they've had. Because if that team after you have to be patient still, but if that team after three years is still, and I don't think it's possible with Thibodeau, but if they were still at 20, 20 to thirty wins three years from now, that is not Thibodeau on Thibodeau. How many times did we hear Fizdale say players are going to be held accountable? Did we ever uh, see any type of accountability from Hisdale? It's a joke. Maybe, ro maybe rookies were held accountable, but everybody needs to be held accountable. All right, Jason, how much do you love crumb cakes? Blandy loves a good crumb cake. I do. It's the truth. Do they make a blondy crumb cake? I don't know, but pretty soon, yeah, we got a pitch to, to Clarkson Avenue, the Blandy crumb cake. I really want to try the peanut butter and jelly which one. Which will taste like nothing. What? I really want to try the peanut butter and jelly one. Okay. Well, why don't you tell everyone where they can go to try all these delicious flavors? They can go to ClarksonAvCrumb.com is where they can go, uh, and they can get any one of the delicious flavors that they have. Uh, there's the, the classic uh, crumb. They've got the, the Brooklyn Blackout, right? They've got the salted caramel. I'm just naming these things off the top of my head here because I remember. Uh, and for another day or two, they can get the campfire <laughs> crumb, right? And Jason, your eyes are like bugging out of your head right now and drool is dripping down your well, chin. I'm, I'm talking about dessert, you know? This is, <laughs> it's the kind of thing that gets me going. All right, and everyone can use promo code HARDNIXLIFE for 23% off their order. All right, guys, we're, we're about to have Chris Eisman join the show. We're going to be able to ask him some questions about Thibodeau. Maybe we can ask him if this contract is official or when the hell it's becoming official and what the holdup is. Are you guys ready to talk to him? Sure. I don't have any questions, so that's that's on you. That's all right, Blandy. <laughs> Blandy. <laughs> Blandy, Blandy. You know what's great about Blandy is it is so demeaning, the way that sounds. It's just hurtful. It's mean. <laughs> like, you can, it's just so easy to say, okay, Blandy, sit down. Like, when you said sit down, Blandy, or whatever you said before, was that me? Uh, both of us. I think, oh, sit no, down, I said, Blandy. Yeah, yeah. All right, Blandy, you take a back seat. We're going to bring a real newsman in, all right, to talk about the Knicks. From the Knicks beat, Chris Eisman of the Bergen Record. Chris, it's been a while. 
great to speak to you again. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It's good to talk to you guys again. Yeah, how excited are you that, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's official yet, but that Thibodeau is going to be coaching the Knicks. Is that good for you as a beat writer? Well, it's good that, you know, the search is ending or over. You know, that's always good because it's never, uh, these things are stressful, you know, with the speculation flying around about who's going to be taken over. And, you know, so it's good that we at least have an answer about, uh, you know, who the selection is, whether or not, you know, I think it's going to be good for us. And I don't think it's going to be bad. So I'm just glad that the search is over. Did you believe any of that speculation that, for instance, Jason Kidd was emerging as a front runner or, or anyone else? Or do you always think it was Thibodeau's job? Yeah, I mean, in the back of my mind, I kind of always felt like it was going to be Tib's job at the end. Um, but you never know. I mean, obviously, you know, listen, a lot can happen between somebody wanting a candidate and actually that candidate being named as the head coach. So, you know, these things take a lot of twists and turns and stuff happens in negotiations. So, I mean, I wasn't necessarily surprised when the stuff about Jason Kidd came out. Um, I knew that he was a legit candidate. I knew that, you know, there was people who, who liked him as an option. Um, but at the end of the day, I kind of still always felt like it was going to happen that Tom Thibodeau would ultimately be the selection. So nothing really surprises you during any of these coaching searches because strange stuff happens a lot. Would you say Stefan Bondi is a quality journalist? Yes. Okay. Do you think he had a source that was telling him that or is he just stirring the pot? No, I think he had somebody telling him that. Do, do each one of you beat writers sort of have someone within the Knicks organization that, that gives you info here and there? I can't speak for, um, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't say, but I can't speak for anybody else. I, you know, but, uh, Steph is a good journalist and, you know, he wasn't just throwing crap out there. Yeah. What about Frank Isola? Same with Frank. What about Blanderson Hooper? He's sitting right here. Uh, he does our, a new well, segment for us later. That. He could be throwing crap out. I don't know. He pretty much is throwing crap out. So, well, then that's you know, I don't know. <laughs> I barely speak, so I'm not really throwing crap out there either. So, oh Jay, I mean Bland, Blandy, come on. Those other guys I can vouch for. They're good journalists and they they do the right thing. You, I don't know about. <laughs> and uh, Chris is speaking about all of us right now. <laughs> um, have you heard these rumors uh, about um, possible? assistant coach being Kenny Payne and possibly because he you know he has ties to all these UK former UK players like Devin Booker Carl Anthony Towns yeah I mean look I I think he's certainly in the running and and again you know he's a reported name you can't discount him it was interesting you know Steph pointed out today actually that he's paid 900 100k by Kentucky I mean that's that's some significant coin so I don't know if you know we'll see what Dolan wants to uh you know allocate for his uh, you know, Tibbs, assistant, uh, assistant coaches, but, you know, obviously, yeah, pain is certainly an option, but, you know, we'll see what, what Tibbs wants to do. He's paid $900,000 to be at a college assistant coach. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, considering Calipari's making what, $8 million, that's still an eighth of what Cal makes. So do you know what his uh, relationship is like with Kevin Knox? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's pretty good. You know, I, I don't have any reason to assume that it's bad. So uh, I don't know if that's ultimately going to, you know, make the case for Kenny Payne to join the Knicks. I don't, I don't, you know, if Tibbs wants him, he wants him because for his own reasons, not that Kevin Knox, you know, wants him on the staff. So, um, but I'm assuming it's pretty good. Have you gotten any sense of how the young players have or, or might react to this news of Thibodeau? Have they mentioned anything or have you read anything about that? No, I mean, we, we certainly don't have any access to them at this point. Um, but listen, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think Tibbs is a pretty well-respected coach. Um, I mean, he has the reputation for obviously overworking guys, but I think until it's tough to say whether or not that's actually an accurate representation of the way he coaches his teams. I think at the end of the day, a lot of these young players are going to want to play for somebody who has the, the type of track record that Tibbs has and, uh, you know, has had the type of proven success that he had. So, I, I, I mean, I would have to assume that they're pretty excited to play for a guy like that who's obviously accomplished a lot in this league, um, has been around a long time, obviously, has coached, in, you know, has, has been on the Knicks coaching staff in the past, has been around Madison Square Garden, you know, last time that they achieved some of the most success that they've had in, in recent, I mean, I don't even know if you could consider late 90s recent years at this point, but, you know, I mean, relatively speaking. So I, I think that at the end of the day, they're pretty excited. I would have to assume that they're excited to play for a guy like that. 
Which young player in the Knicks do you think could benefit the most from him? I think a guy like Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, I'm curious to see if, you know, he's a player that Tibbs could kind of unlock and and, and kind of to see if he's the one could motivate to get to, you know, back to where he was his rookie season. I mean, a player like that could benefit maybe from a coach like Tibbs. Chris, you just you just upset Craig so much because he was trying to like lead no. you into saying Frank Nilakina. Oh, absolutely not! Bro. Oh, That's I know what you're ridiculous. doing. <laughs> that is not the case. Well, even if that was the case, and then, you know, maybe if you feel that way, that's fine. But I don't think that there's any of them who could benefit more than any other. I mean, I think all these kids need to play for somebody who can develop them, can motivate them, and can really help them reach their their potential. I mean, I know that sounds cliche and corny, but it's just the fact. And I think all these kids need that, and they need to play for somebody that they trust in and they believe in. And Tibbs obviously has had success, regardless of what his reputation is in terms of overworking guys. And obviously a lot of people around the NBA say that's not an accurate portrayal of the way he he has coached. So I think all of these kids could could use some uh, coach like that. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the kids using a coach, you know, we always hear about how you need quality mentors on this team. We know that Taj Gibson, you know, used to play for Tibbs. I mean, do you think this, you know, all but ensures – that Taj gets that team uh, team option going forward now that Tibbs is a new coach? You know, the guys that, um, you know, have team options, obviously, I, I always kind of thought that Taj was a guy that could have his option picked up. Um, I don't know if it ensures it, but I certainly think it helps it. I know Taj, you know, during the year, he spoke highly of Tibbs um, and about how, you know, the way Tibbs coaches. And he said that he obviously could be a, a successful coach in, in today's NBA. Um whether or not that you know influences what the Knicks decide to do, I don't know, um, but I think it certainly helps. And, and I do think that Taj is a guy that, you know, if, if the Knicks front office and, and Leon Rose they want a kind of a veteran presence on this team, I think Taj really was a good veteran for this for, for these guys last year. So I think that's certainly going to help his case. And I think that familiar familiarity could go a long way. I can never say that word, so excuse me, but I think that could that could go a long way. Barry, you know, Chris has better things to do. Then get on our show here and talk about Taj Gibson. I really don't. Taj Gibson? You don't? Oh. <laughs> We're in a pandemic. I'm in quarantine. Okay. All right. Okay. I want to talk about Damian Dotson for a little bit then? You guys did that already. I mean, you got oh, yeah. into trouble. So, you know, I saw that happen. I, I'm glad you came on because I thought everyone's just going to blacklist us after that. <laughs> you won't be getting Dotson as a guest anytime soon. No. You can add him to the list. <laughs> I actually appreciate your response of Dennis Smith Jr. a couple questions ago because I was not expecting that. I did not want it to be frank. But, I mean, I think you're right thinking about it based on how bad his season was last year. And you can only go up, right, from, from what he was last season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the Knicks always obviously believed that there was something there that they could get. And he hasn't shown us at this point. And obviously, you know, Fisdale wasn't able to get it out of him completely. And, you know, now Tibbs will have his shot. You know, we'll see whether or not again. I mean, you never know. I mean, the Knicks could decide to, to find a trade for him between now and the start of the next season. But, you know, that's a guy that I'm intrigued to see, you know, whether or not Tibbs can kind of get this guy to reach anything close to the potential of the Knicks hoped he would reach by this point. Yeah, I mean, that's something definitely exciting about Tibbs is that we've had not a great run of coaches here, right? And and these Mitchell and and Frank and Knox and RJ now. I mean, RJ's only been here one season, but you don't really know what you have because you can always blame it on the coaches and the development, you know? At least now with Thibodeau, like we'll know. We'll know if it's the player <laughs> or the coach. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, you, you play through two head coaches. I mean, it, at some point, it just becomes on the player to, to make the jump that they, you need to make. You can't always blame on the player, but on the coach, I should say. But I, I think that this is, like you said, this is going to be a real opportunity to see whether or not Tibbs is the guy. Um, he, he's a, I, I thought it was interesting in the MSG interview that Leon Rose did uh, with Mike Green when he said you know, he wants a coach that when they're in the huddle, the players look into his eyes and they know he's the one who's leading, you know, and I feel like a lot of these young kids kind of need that guy who, who is the ultimate authority figure and that who they respect and, and are they going to follow? So I think Tibbs has a kind of track record to match up with what Leon Rose wanted. And um, 
you know, we'll see where that leads. Speaking of Rose, you know, we haven't spoken to you since since the hiring of him. Um, I get the impression that Rose wants to make a quick imprint on this team and turn things around rather quickly. I don't think he's looking for, you know, a slow rebuild. Do you get that impression? Do you think we're going to see like a major shakeup this season with regard to the roster that might surprise a lot of people? Well, I, I, I agree with you. I, I do think that he wants to make a, you know, he doesn't want to go for a long rebuild. I mean, number one, the Knicks have been going for a long rebuild for a long time. So look where we are. So I do think that he wants to make a quick impression. We have not spoken to Leon Rose. I mean, we have not um, had any opportunity to ask him any questions. He has not been available to the media outside of that interview he did with MSG. So it's tough to say exactly what his vision and what his philosophy is going into this. And I'm not going to speak for him, but from that interview, I do believe that he, he does want to, you know, get things turned around fairly quickly and wants to make a quick impression, whether or not he's able to do that will remain to be seen. And, you know, some people thought that with his hiring, that might mean an exit, you know, for Scott Perry. And, you know, some people thought that some people hope that, uh, do you have any inclination if Rose and Dolan plan on keeping Perry around for the foreseeable future, or do you think his days might be numbered? I'm not prepared to say that his days are numbered. I, th- I think the fact that Scott, you know, at the end of the day, Scott's a, a well-respected guy around the league. Um, he knows a lot of people. And I think that there is a lot to be said for kind of keeping stability within that organization. I, I don't know how much it would have benefited Leon Rose to come in and just kind of blow up the entire front office and get rid of guys who have no connection to this current team, have no connection to anybody who's been drafted. Um, I think it benefits him to have Scott there. Now, I thought it was interesting that it's only a one-year contract. I, that might be just to kind of see how they work together and what Leon sees over the next year. Um, but obviously, you know, it, it to me, especially given the fact that this season was so short because of obviously – you know, the coronavirus and everything that happened. I mean, Leon wasn't in place very long. He was, it was about two weeks by the time the season was suspended. I felt, I thought that that really kind of solidified the fact that it really helps to have Scott in place um, and just kind of have some continuity between the last front office and then, you know, what Leon is building now. So I wasn't overly surprised that he kept, kept Scott and, but we'll see what that means for the long term and, you know, several years into the future. Yeah, and Chris, if you look at this, like the front office from last season, it was basically two guys, right? Steve Mills and Scott Perry. Yes. And this year now, they've, I don't know if these positions are just entirely new positions or they just, people had them and we just weren't aware of them. But now you have this like starting lineup of front office people. And it's not just on two guys. You got Leon, you got Walt Perrin, you got Worldwide West, right? You got Scott Perry still. And Thibodeau is a former GM, right? So, you have this group now. And we got the capologist, and right? Brock Aller. You got the capologist. It does. It doesn't even stop there. You have you have like a starting five and then a a short bench. <laughs> Are the Knicks just going in a different like mindset as far as building the front office, or were were these types of people there and we just weren't aware of them before? Well, it, it depends on what position you're talking about. I mean, I, I, there there were some of these positions. Scott brought several people with him from Orlando. Um, who kind of had similar positions and, and we don't exactly know what their fate is going to be going forward. Um, but I, I do expect some of them to stay and kind of maybe work for some of the guys that Leon Rose has brought in. Uh, Leon, I, I think the fact that Leon has never run an organization is leading to a lot of the hires that he's made. He's surrounding himself with a very experienced, well-respected people around the NBA, and he's leaning on those people to kind of take the organization forward. So, uh, you know, if you look at it, I mean, he's the CEO of the team. Now he has departments below him that are kind of operating certain parts, and he's delegating out and expecting them to do their jobs and report back to him and kind of help this organization get back to success. So, you know, whether or not there were certain people who kind of had similar positions to what he's the people he's brought in, but I don't necessarily think that it's an indication of, you know, anything bad that the previous regime was doing. I think it's just that Leon wants to surround himself with people who are well-respected, who have had success around the NBA and who can kind of help him in this new role that he's in. So I, you know, listen, I mean, it, it's a good front office that he's built. I, I think that any, any observer would have to agree with that. I mean, I, these are well-respected guys um, and he's going to lean on, on them a lot to help him in a role that he's unfamiliar with. Do you think the signing of Thibodeau would prohibit the Knicks from drafting a player like LaMelo Ball? Some fans seem to think that LaMelo or the Ball family couldn't coexist on a Thibodeau team. 
I think that I don't think it would prohibit them from anything. I mean, I, I think that um, we haven't heard much from LeVar, you know, recently. Uh, maybe he's been tamed. I don't know. But I, I think that the fact that he's they've maybe you know, look, look I, I don't I don't think that anything would prohibit. I don't think that their reputation is going to prohibit them from drafting a player like LaMelo. I think that they're going to go after a talented player that can help to carry this organization forward. And I think that's what they should do. Do the Knicks have any chance of, or or the Ball family ha- have any chance of somehow swaying Lamelo to the Knicks, even if the Knicks don't end up with that top one or two or three pick? I mean, nothing's out of the question. I mean, I, I think that you know things have been out there that they want that to happen. Um, so I certainly wouldn't put it past the Ball family trying to make that. You know, especially once we get past the lottery next month, and you know, and we'll see where the Knicks fall. You never know what the Ball family is going to say at that point. So, I, like I said, I wouldn't put it past them. But, I mean, uh, at this point, it's tough to say exactly what they want because we just don't know what the lottery, you know, what the order is going to look like until the lottery happens. Just quick, do you think that there was any trepidation on the on the front office's part in giving out such a long-term deal when you consider how quickly they've been going through uh, coaches over the last decade or so? Again, like we haven't spoken to them, so I, I can't say for sure, but I, I just have to think that if you're trying to get a guy like Tom Thibodeau, you're going to have to give him some uh, a substantial contract in order to keep him. You know, if you if, if the Knicks didn't hire him, he was going to – there were going to be other teams, I'm sure, who were interested. And I think that Leon Rose really liked the idea of working with him. Um, so at the end of the day, a five-year contract for a guy like Tom Thibodeau who has had success as a seasoned veteran – and at the end of the day, the Knicks need somebody who can bring them stability, and Tom Thibodeau could be that potent, that that option. Um, so I don't think five years was anything that was going to you know, sway them off of him. I mean, again, you know, they gave Fisdale four years, and he was relatively inexperienced compared to Thibodeau. So I think at that at this point, Thibodeau kind of it makes sense to give him five years. All right, Chris, uh, thanks for taking the time out of your uh, schedule of nothing with the pandemic going on. Yeah, anytime. I literally have nothing to do, so anytime just let me know. <laughs> Or, I mean, Barry, what do you think? Why do we have Blandy doing the news every week? It could be uh, Chris Eisman. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but I don't want to yeah, put but... him out of a job. So, you know, he, you, you keep doing you, and then, you know, if anything happens. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Can you do a French accent, Chris? No. No, I, don't, I wouldn't oh, even no. try. So, But I'm assuming he does a good one, so we'll keep him in here. <laughs> he is doing, he's doing the news later in a, very soon, actually in honor of Frank's 22nd birthday in a French accent. So, Oh, see, there you go. Bring us something to the listeners that I can't provide. You've, you've got my back more so than, than they do, and we've been friends since we were like 10. So I appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> Anytime. I'm sorry to hear that that's the case, though. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Later. You're welcome. Have a good night. Thanks. Later. All right, guys. This show is also brought to you by... Betting Gods. Betting Gods is one of the best-known tipster networks across the globe, and they represent some of the best tipsters in the business. Now, thanks to them, It's a Hard Knicks Life listeners can get access to completely free betting tips every day without paying a penny. All you need to do is visit bettinggods.com backslash hard Knicks life. All right, guys, how about we listen to some voicemails that came in? Hey, so this is Cole Griffith. In the spirit of Damian Dobson getting so pissed at you guys, do you think that there's a future for Kevin Knox in New York? If not, what do you think we do with him? Do we give Thibodeau a year to develop him? Do we trade him? What do we do? Thank you. I think all these young guys need a good coach or finally a coach that can push them and try and get the most out of them. I, I don't know that we know exactly what we have from any of these young guys, whether it's – you can throw Dotson in there too. Dotson, Nilakina, Mitchell, Knox, DSJ. A lot of these guys, I don't know that we obviously have not had coaches to help them reach their potential. So I think you have to keep all of them. Right. But the thing is, like, as we said before, like, we have a pretty good feeling that Leon Rose and Scott Perry with this team under Tom Thibodeau are going to want to make some moves to get some big names in here. You know, get on the fast uh-huh. track to turn this roster around. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is to throw in a couple it's of by what? Trading Kevin Knox? I mean, come on. But that's it's the whole thing. It's not going to be by trading Kevin Knox. These guys don't have much value. They don't Maybe have much Mitch, value, but it's still, it's still a young piece, Craig, that, like you said yourself, has not gotten 
the player development or has not gotten the coaching that a player like him needs. What is that stat that what is that stat that people were talking about this week that Kevin Knox this season and maybe last season too was statistically or as far as efficiency the worst player in the NBA? And you saw it. Did you see that? But you you saw that too. <laughs> that's that's fucking bad. I don't know what deal you could throw Kevin Knox in that's going to get you anymore. But I mean, I do think that they're going to push also for a young star. They're not going to trade all their assets for Chris Paul. But I do think that they might trade a first round pick or two and an RJ or a Mitch for a Devin Booker type, if that's even possible. I think they're still going to want to stay young. But yes, we need a young stud to build this team around. And I'm willing to give up a lot to get it. All right, guys, I want you to get ready for this one. I already listened to this once, and sometimes I just wonder if I should listen to them or just hear them for the first time with you guys because I don't want to be at an advantage. But sometimes I want to be an advantage, so I listen to them. And this one, I listened to it once, and I have no idea. No offense, Derek from Scotland, but I have no <laughs> idea what's being said for a good 90% you of want it. Me to, so, do you um, want me to try and figure it out? Because I think I'll, I could... I'll have a pretty good idea. Okay, do you want me to pause as I go through yes. or let it play through once? Yeah, well, pause. You know what? if you want to play it through once, I'll listen, and then we can kind of go through slowly. Craig, Barry, Jay, Derek from Scotland here. How's it going? Well, thank fuck for that. When I was seeing the tweets about Kid potentially being the coach, I thought the Knicks were going to make an arse of it again. But in terms of got a coach you can respect, we know he's going to be all about winning. I'm signing up for that. No matter how good the talent of the team is, I'll enjoy watching the guys Tibbs puts on the court because they'll be working for it. Cheers, oh, boys. Wow. P.S. Just keep Melo the fuck away from this team next season. I don't want it to be more about a farewell tour for him than about the guys who are actually going to be here long term. All the best. How long of a show is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got 50% of that. 50? No fucking way. I don't believe I it. Got I got 50%. A, I got a good deal, but I got I to gotta hear it chopped up. <laughs> that first line about fucking okay. Frank or something. What the hell? What? Excuse I me. Uh, all right, Frank. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play bits at a time. Okay. I think Derek's just getting way too comfortable with the show. Maybe he's getting drunk. I feel like this is your actual. Like, you didn't even try to help us understand you here. <laughs> You're speaking so fast. Krieg, Barry, G. All right, I know what that says. <laughs> all right, Krieg, Barry, G. Derek from Scotland here. How's it going? All right, we're good. Yep. yep. Well, thank fuck for that. Frank fuck what? fella? Frank fuck for that. Frank Sorry? fuck fella. Say that, play that one one more time. Frank fuck for that. No clue. No, you don't know. Yeah. Frank fuck fella. <laughs> when I was seeing the tweets about Kid potentially being the coach, I thought the Knicks were going to make an arse of it again. When I saw the tweets about the Knicks making Tibbs the coach, I thought they were going to make an ass of themselves again. Wow. When I was... Wait, 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 wait. Let's see if that's accurate. When I was seeing the tweets about Kid potentially being the coach, I thought the Knicks were going to make an arse of it again. Are you fucking sure? Oh no, Kid! It that I think he said when he saw the oh. tweets that Kid could potentially be the coach. I thought the Knicks were making an ass of themselves again. That's what it is. I, I'm not. I'm not convinced. That's what that you're it right. is. One hundred percent, Barry. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That when he saw the tweets about Kid. Let's see if that makes sense in the context of the rest of it. But in terms of got a coach you can respect. We know he's going to be all about winning. I'm signing up for that. No matter how good the talent of the team is, I'll enjoy watching the guys Tibbs puts on the court because they'll be working for it. Cheers, boys. You went through okay. too much there. You went through too much at a time. That was In too Tibbs, big. we okay, got a coach think, we can respect. I think I'm understanding the essence of it. He's he knows basically the players are going to work for it on the court. They're going to work hard so he'll be able to watch them every night because yeah. know, he knows they're working for it. Let's... We know he's going to be all about winning. I'm signing up for that. No matter how good the talent of the team is, I'll enjoy watching the guys Tibbs puts on the court because they'll be working for it. Yeah. Cheers, boys. I think it's a positive review. Yes, I think he tips. said he's signing up for that. Isn't that what he said? P.S. Just keep Melo the fuck away from this team next season. I don't want it to be more about a farewell tour for him than about the guys who are actually going to be here long term. All the best. Ah, okay. now I understood now that. Now I got it. Keep Melo the fuck away from this team next season. I did not get that before. Where are you guys on that side of things? My mind. Well, let's get through this. But my mind was spinning so much from trying to understand him that I was just like, I gave up. Right. I don't want it to be more about a farewell tour for him. I don't want it to be more about a farewell tour for him. Yes. And about the guys who are actually going to be here long term. Than about the guys who are going to be here long term. All right. That's fair. So, Derek, it takes like four or five times for us to understand. But we got it. That's a great call. Great call. Was it a great call or was it a great call? 
Critical. Critical. You have to say it was great like that. Where where are you guys on the Carmelo front? Because it's going to be a big topic of discussion um, once the Blazers get knocked out of the uh, playoffs, if they get into the playoffs. I just think it depends on on the type of team that we build. I think we have to wait to see uh, what Leon and Wes and, and the front office decides to do. Or are we able to get Devin Booker? Or are we just going with young guys? Is it LaMelo Ball that we draft? Like if we're able to draft, if we get the top pick and we don't, or aren't interested in trading for a Devin Booker, and we we do get a Lamelo or an Anthony Edwards or a James Wiseman, one of these guys that we really can build the team around. I think that jump starts you enough to where I don't know if I want Melo on that team. I do want it to be about these young guys. But if we don't, if we get like the seven pick and we end up trading for a Devin Booker, and we do try to do a little, be more in that win now mode, I I I could warm up. To, to Melo being a part of that. Where were you three years ago uh, when he was at the end and, the, and he got traded away? I couldn't wait for him to be gone, to be honest, because I just thought he was, you know this. I know. I just want to put it in context. I wanted them to, to rebuild, and I didn't think they could do that with him here. Sure. But it's been a bad few years. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> like, like when you, you know, after time passes and... You know, situations change. It's amazing, like how your thought on someone or or a situation can just, you know, just just change with the tide. Well, because when Melo was here, it was like, okay, I mean, he's a he's a he's a really good player, but he was basically putting us in this no man's land every year. We weren't good enough to make the playoffs, or we were barely fighting for it, and we weren't good enough for a top pick. I mean, he just was keeping us from really moving forward. Now we've got a few young players here since he's been gone. We have some young players we can build on. Maybe we'll get a LaMelo or we'll get a lottery pick this year with Mitch, RJ, Frank, Knox, DSJ. We've got these young guys. Right. And it would be a different situation for him because nobody's looking for him to carry the team. You know what I mean? It's a different role. But back then, he was keeping us basically from getting some of these types of players. So it is a different situation. I'm not just totally changing my tune. Yeah, no, and I'm not saying that as it's a bad thing either. I think it's good when you can change change your mind about something. I think it's a, a good trait to have. In honor, it's a very special moment, in honor of Frank's 22nd birthday, we have the 60 seconds or less news with Landerson Hooper. All right, go, Blandy. Thank you very much, Craig. I am here to report the news <laughs> to you this evening. I begin with the Lu- Williams of the Los Angeles Clippers, who is being quarantined for 10 days and will miss the first two <laughs> games of the NBA season in the bubble because he left the bubble to go get, uh, to go to a few. Who is this again? Uh, I'm he, just so Lou focused Williams on of your the Lou Williams. Yes, okay. yes, yes. We uh, we oui, oui. he went to a funeral in uh, Georgia and decided he was going to go to the strip club for the chicken wings. <laughs> okay, so listen, I love this action, so I might even let this go a little longer than normal. Oh, so let me interrupt. Thank you very much. This is pretty good, Barry. It, right? It is. I'm enjoying it too. This is really good. Even your facial expressions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can I continue with what I have to say? So what's going on with Lou Williams? I saw that he left to go to a gentleman's club, and then he's he's saying he really was just going for the chicken wings. He said well, everybody knows if, him. Uh, yeah. If you look at what they are saying uh, on the internet, yes, many are people saying that, yes, throughout the city of Atlanta, this place, Magic City, is known for its incredible chicken wings and the other food. <laughs> Uh-huh. And that's what I mean, that is a great excuse for for men to give their wives when they keep going for the chicken wings. Do the chicken wings just taste better because of the atmosphere or from what I have heard from many different people, they are, uh, how do we say, <laughs> magnifique? All right. So you think this is legitimate? Well, I mean, no, I do not. But they do say, <laughs> they say those chicken wings are delicious. What do they have a slogan for the for the I, strip club slash restaurant? I, well, I think the wings themselves. I think were actually named after Lou Williams. That's how much he frequents the place and digs them, like on yes, the menu. Uh, like oh, supposedly he well, is there. Like he orders in from them all the time. <laughs> 
It's crazy. Vlandy uh, Hooper. I mean, this you might have to do this from now on. All right, keep going. Uh, Zion. Zion Williamson, he has cleared his quarantine. He will be back at the practice tomorrow, according to Alvin Gentry, and he should be available for the very first game for the Pelicans. <laughs> Anthony Davis was poked in the eye the other day, and he may have to sit out the very first game that the Lakers play. Hold on. The chicken wing place is in or is in Orlando? No, it's in Georgia. Atlanta. Magic so he City. left the bubble and then went to Georgia. He, he got permission to leave. He was in the leave. bubble for a funeral. Oh. Uh, yes, yes. We yes. oui, oui. It's nothing like hitting up some chicken wings after a funeral. You know, no. Do I it. mean, that is usually, that is the way they do it in the <laughs> dirty south. Okay. And then lastly, I just wanted to add is that I don't know if you saw this quote from the head of the NBA Players Association, but Michelle Roberts has said that it might be a good idea to think about a bubble for all of next season as well. Oh, man. Because if you look at what's happening in Major League Baseball and how they are not having these problems in the bubble in Orlando, they might have no choice but to continue with something like this next it's year. It's a long fucking time, though. I don't think if that ha- like I don't think that's gonna happen. I think that they they would sooner just cancel next season. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a great idea, it's a safe idea, but that's a long time. It's already long for these guys, and it's gonna be what yeah. three months? No, no, they cannot be expected to do that. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. I could listen to you forever. I'm afraid you're going to put the French Knicks podcast out of business. <laughs> we're going to get all the French listeners on this show. That's right. I mean, I mean, once Craig heard that accent, he's right, it's good. He threw that 60 seconds out the window. <laughs> I know. It went much longer than the 60. Landy Hooper, you got a whole new, I got a whole new perspective on you in the show now. Look at this guy. His chest is out. Confident. All right, Blandy, thank you for the news. That was amazing. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Do you want to, why don't you give, you want to give, you know, Frank any mm. birthday wishes or advice on his 22nd birthday? Uh, Frenchman to Frenchman, you know? I would just like to say to him, uh, happy birthday. I hope that you are going out uh, around the town and you are putting that wonderful groin of yours to good use. <laughs> With some of those beautiful French ladies. Frank, did you see Frank's video today? Thanking all the uh, fans for the birthday wishes. Frank, I know. I I saw those and then I felt like, I feel like I missed the boat on wishing him a happy birthday. I know. So I put a late one in there. I know that. And then also, like, do you realize, like, I feel like every few months you hear him talk, he loses more and more of that French accent. You can almost not even hear it anymore. It's amazing. All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming on. Well, thank you. Fucking you're always here. Um... (laughs) All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show today. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. You can follow me at hardnickslife. You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can follow Blandy at J. Edgar Hooper. Makes no sense anymore. <laughs> J, J, have you have you fixed that yet or no? Fixed it when? Now? Like in between the beginning of this and, and right now? No. All right. If you want to call us, you can call us. That's right. 516-33-MESH-1. Remember, if you like our show, please go on iTunes, go on Spotify, go wherever you listen, Google Play, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Tell us what you think of Blandy Hooper. Barry. Craig. That stuff that you were talking about before the show, is that can you can you show me what you're talking about? Are you still freaked out sitting in your basement? A little bit. With what's on the floor behind you? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> How can I ask you how much of this what you think might be rat shit by your feet is there? There's and how are you? How have you not even moved it? Like you know it's there, and you're sitting down here doing a podcast. But what what am I gonna do? Why first of all, why am I gonna move it? What's that gonna do for me now? It's it's already there. It's gonna be there when we're done recording. Are you gonna move it after the show? No, because I want to show my wife and kids tomorrow to see if they have any input on it. Although I don't really want to freak them out either. You can't. You don't want them thinking there's a giant rat in your basement. You gotta gotta be a giant rat, dude. It's gotta be. Can you take a photo and send it to me right now? I know what mouse shit looks like, and this looks like a giant version of that. There's gotta be a fucking giant rat running around. You might just have something else down there, or is it possible 
I mean, your kids are both potty trained, right? They couldn't have dropped one out walking around. Yeah. I feel like I should put like a nickel or a penny in this picture <laughs> to give you perspective. We had a we had a little kid at our house, like I don't know, like a year ago. The last time you were allowed to have people in your house, I guess. And he was. I remember him complaining about how much he had to go poop. And they were trying to get him to go poop. And it's always a battle with this kid about how he's walking around like he's got to poop. He's holding it in. And they left the house. And I'm just walking into our living room. And I walk in. And I almost step on a little poop that is like the size of my thumb. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Did this kid, was this kid just walking around? He had to poop so much. It just came out of his, like it fell out of his underwear and his shorts. And he just left it. They left it there. <laughs> So have you had any kids in your house that it could be? No, dude, you're going to say it's too small to be of kids. I'm telling you, this has got to be rodent poop, but it's ginormous. For rodent poop, it's ginormous. So am I getting it? Yeah, yeah, I just sent it to you. One is on the treadmill. On the actual treadmill. It's like the thing went for a fucking workout and then just laid a deuce. It's just very, it would be very unusual for a rat to be walking on your treadmill. What did you say, Jason? You don't have any mousetraps? I don't, but I'll tell you something I did find uh, like uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, we moved into this house a year ago. So in the basement, there's drop ceiling. I wanted to look to see something that was above the drop ceiling in a particular spot. And there was a bag of rat poison up there. So the previous owners, you know, obviously must have had a, uh, some type of rat problem. Uh, yeah, that has all the makings of some sort of poop, uh, obviously. Yeah. That could be rat poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's got that pointed end. I used to I research know. this from my basement. Oh. Is it spindled shaped like a grain of rice? Yeah. You, st- you see the Yeah, but it's much it. bigger than a grain of rice, right? Yes. All right, Barry. <laughs> Barry's like, I'm like, looking he's, like he's like crawling around on the floor right now. Barry, get off of the floor. All right, guys. Well, Barry, good luck with that. Until next time, it is a hard Nick's life. No, no, Jay. French. Yeah, that's what I thought was coming. Life. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.